and we're live and we're 11 minutes late uh, i was talking to these guys before we started and we we're saying this is like fashionably late like tesla and elon always is so <laughs> this is why it is welcome to tesla talks folks the tesla talks podcast um another week we're back with some exciting pretty pretty exciting uh, tesla news this week i mean everyone thinks with the shutdown and uh the pandemic going on that news would be scarce in the Tesla world, but it isn't. It isn't. Uh, just like uh, previous weeks, we got a lot of Tesla news uh, coming to, to us. I want to introduce our guest. Uh, I don't know why he looks like he's muted. Maybe he isn't. But I want to introduce our, our special guest tonight, Aaron. Aaron Brighton. I hope you don't mind if I say your last name, seeing it's all classic it's there. Brighton. somewhere here. <laughs> yeah, it's all there. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, I almost called you Ryan. Aaron. <laughs> Thanks for uh, joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem, no problem. And of course, we have a uh, Franklin Mother Frunker. Uh, he seems to be the what did I call you last week? I called you the uh, Ed McMahon of of the show. Now, <laughs> you guys may not know what that is, uh, depending on your age group. But um, <laughs> thanks for coming on again, Franklin. Yeah, always glad to be here. Yeah, I was. I think I say work. that every week. You're always like. Thank you for coming. I'm like, yeah, always glad for being here. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know what? Like I've I've always said to you off air. Uh, uh, we're all friends off air, um, for the most part, and I've always uh, said to Franklin, <laughs> I've always said to Franklin, you know, never feel compelled that you have to come on this. Uh, I ask you every week uh, or every now and then, and uh, you're more than welcome. But you also, at the same time, you're more than welcome. I understand you have busy lives and families and everything, so you're more more than welcome to, you know, say you can't do it this week. But Franklin, he's a trooper. He keeps coming back. Glad yeah. for punishment, I guess. But yeah, there's more punishment. You know what it is? I like showcasing the random backgrounds for all the special guests. Yes. I, Truthfully. I, I see you have a special one there tonight. I didn't uh, make this. Aaron, no. you want to explain my background? <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> um, so you have a car there and clearly our, our profile photos. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, a little background for anyone that's listening at home and they can't see it if you're not, not on YouTube. Um just it was the it was the uh, thumbnail for the YouTube uh, live picture, and all it all it is is a nice clean uh, Model Y. I think it's from the uh, actual studio from the website, and it says uh, Tesla Talks podcast. And uh, Aaron took it and he I had uh, to fix it. <laughs> yeah, and he put our logos inside the car, and he put himself in the backseat. Now, why why the backseat? You like the backseat? <laughs> well, apparently, apparently, I I, I don't have. The right to be back there. That's oh, yeah, Mark, that's Mark's spot. <laughs> yes, you don't have clearance for the back seat. Yes. Um, okay. So we talked about it briefly off air. It's really <laughs> nice. I always try to create pictures for the guests. And this week is like the first week in forever where the guests did it for me. So thanks, Aaron. Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Appreciate it. And I put your, so if you guys look behind Aaron, you guys can see on it, if you're looking towards him, it's his right shoulder. He has a board and it has text. Um, so if you ever want to buy a second Tesla, Yes. Or, yeah. and, or and you don't want to use your own code. If you can do that, use mine. <laughs> Shameless plug. Shameless yep. plug. But that, that's that's uh, excusable in our podcast because we're all friends here. And if you, if it's not as le legible uh, behind Aaron's shoulder there, Franklin's been nice enough to uh, put it in, in his <laughs> screen. Now, people, people at home, if you're listening to this on the audio podcast, which – like I said every week, and I'll remind you guys again, you can stream us live in your car. Not live, sorry. You can stream us in your car with TuneIn Radio. It's any, it's in any Tesla, uh, or and, unless you didn't pay for the subscription, but that was last week. 
but or anyways, or you can get it on your uh, mobile device, uh, like everyone has these days on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, for your listening pleasure. So if you're listening to it, you probably don't understand what we're talking about. So I'll try to, you know, paint a picture uh, as best as I can, or, or these guys will try to paint a picture for for our audio listeners. But if you can, the best way to do it is on YouTube because you get the whole. 3D visual effects <laughs> and, and experience from it. And in this case, with all the codes and everything going on, <laughs> and we're not saying use the codes, folks. It's, it's all tongue-in-cheek and solid fun. But for the few people that are watching this live, and we try to do this, um, you know, I, I'd love to, like I said earlier, I'd love to get a, 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 an exact date, an exact time every week, but right now we don't. So if you happen to be watching this live, thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions uh, in the comments, just Right below, just jot down a quick question during the podcast. We usually say we're going to save it for the end, but you know what? During the podcast, we'll interrupt the podcast and just – I know Franklin's pretty good at uh, monitoring the chat sessions there, and uh, he'll uh, – or we will blurt out the question. We've got a couple questions – actually, a nice, some nice questions from uh, Mr. Mark Lindsay uh, on uh, – he sent me some questions, so we're going to be doing those a little bit later, unless Mark has any other questions throughout the podcast. I see him. I see that he's in there right now uh, listening to us. <laughs> so what, I'm trying to read it as I talk to you guys. <laughs> we're, just, uh, we're, we're going to get right into the show. I just wanted to get the housekeeping uh, out of the way. Once again, our special guest tonight is Aaron. And like we do as a tradition on, on um, uh, every podcast, we just try to take a few minutes at the beginning before we get into the topics and just talk to the guests and, you know, just find out a little bit of background about, about the guests. And like I said, we don't go too deep into pub, uh, personal stuff. But Aaron, can you tell us just like what got you, like just a basic question, like what got you into Tesla in the first place? Um, sure. So uh, for a long time, I've like uh, the Model 3 is, is my first official car. I, like. I have title on, um, and I'd said for a long time that an electric vehicle will be my first car. Um, and that was years before I even knew Tesla existed. And uh, at the time, all like your options were basically you could get like a smart car, right? Um, and so when Tesla came around, it was clear like that's that's a real car. Um, and so I just basically waited for that when when they unveiled the Model Three. Uh, finally, there was something that was in you know my price range, and um, so I was basically a second day reservation holder. Um, and then uh, I picked up the car, uh, basically part of the first deliveries in Canada back in uh, June 2018. June, eh? Nice, like yeah. early early June. Yeah, June 2nd. So. Oh wow. Um, basically, right as they were coming into Canada, that was like the that was when they were <laughs> really pushing the deliveries here. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, um, what can you tell us for people at home that that don't know you too well? What kind of Model Three you have? What trim? Uh, yeah, I've got the rear wheel drive. Uh, it's a midnight silver. Um, Great choice color. Yep. Yep. Long range. Yeah. It was the only model available at the time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and that's why we all have the same because we are all in the same boat <laughs> yep. for our limited limited options, uh, but. What was it? Five colors at the time, six colors. I think they had the the silver, right? Yeah, that, that was the unicorn. Someone was just asking me about that on Twitter today. If they're going to bring it back, oh, I saw cool. I saw a silver yesterday. Actually, you don't yeah. see them very often, but I did see one yesterday. No, there's one in my neighborhood that I see every now and then. I don't see it often, but 
It's one in my neighborhood. I see. If you guys could go back, would you pick the silver just for the sake of having that rare color? It is a nice color. Um, Aaron, what do you would would you? I'll be honest. I didn't really like the color. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 now that it's rare, it's obviously got some you know value to it. Uh, at least intrinsically at the moment. I don't know if it'll actually, you know, sh show down the road yeah. in resale value, but um, I think it would be interesting to see if the Model 3, you know, uh, 30, 40 years from now, whether these are valuable cars um, because they are sort of the first mass market EV that people, the general public actually want, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it will be interesting. <laughs> Sorry, be laughing because you're right. It's the first EV that the public actually wants. It's yeah, like and, a huge. And, and you know what? I, I totally understand what, what he means when he says that. But for someone that doesn't, uh, it may come across like snobbish or pretentious. Yeah. You know what I mean, but but I totally yeah. know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And anyone that knows Aaron, he's not that type of person at all. But it, 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 I, I I just I just speak. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know how to how to put that, but that's just the way. It, like, because the fact is, you know, um, like Chevy put out the Volt, which was a really really great plug-in hybrid. Um, and when it comes to the full electric market, there really weren't a lot of options um, before the Model Three came out. Um, like, you had the Bolt that was out, but it was in such a low volume that if you wanted to get your hands on one, you were waiting six months, right? And I know um, it's personal more. preference, but the Bolt looks ugly in my, my opinion <laughs> just like i mean i think also the fact that the supercharger network was up and running which is a huge difference uh for it being like the first mass produced car that people actually want because yeah. it's no longer like hey can i go from point a to point b it's like yeah you, there's no problems right so i think that's, that makes a huge huge difference and that's the big question that people have right is you know where do i where do i fill this up um and you know, even it, like I've gone, uh, I've done a test drive of a Jaguar I-Pace and I asked that question um, to, you know, to them, to the sales guys, and they can't answer the question. It's a very awkward question for them to answer, um, but it's, it's, it's a common question that people are going to have. So like, if you want to bring an EV into the market, if you don't have a, you know, reliable and usable charging infrastructure uh, for getting around doing road trips, then it's going to be really hard to sell unless yeah. somebody's looking for just a commuter vehicle, right? Yeah, you, you got to wonder how many times, um, like like the question that you asked to to the uh, Jaguar people, or the the Chevy people, or Nissan, or any of the other small EV uh, companies out there. You got to wonder how many times those salespeople get asked that question because if if they've done their homework and they know about EVs, they they have to know what you're talking about and. You gotta wonder, like, oh god, here's that question again. <laughs> you gotta wonder if that's running through their head, right? Yeah, yeah. Can we uh, can we quickly, briefly talk about Model Three money? Well, I mean, sure. we're here talking about Aaron anyway. I thought yeah. it was a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. What, I, I was, you know, what I was gonna save it for later, but while we're on a topic, yeah, you, you wanna, you wanna, sure. Uh, is there anybody that can? Can I share my screen? I can. Hold on. I think you can. Let me just. Sorry, I didn't know if you want to save for later. No, I no, figure we're fine. here talking about Aaron and you know. Yeah, one for anyone in, that doesn't know, Aaron is a master. He's how long ago was it? Last year, sometime last year, you put together this um, uh, cost of ownership or cost comparison. And yeah, for anyone that didn't see it, like he he crunched all the numbers. He actually put it together. Now, frankly, you're probably better 
to explain how he put it together than I am. Like Lego. Can you see my? Can you see it now on the? Yep. Yep. I can see it. Yeah, so basically, um, one thing that I usually, when I talk to people and I'm trying to explain, you know, um, why, like, I think a really strong uh, selling point of the car is, you know, looking at it from a from the finance standpoint, um, because for, for, like, when you try to sell to people, you're either trying to, like, appeal to some emotional need or to some financial need, right? And if you can sell the, the financial part, then you've solved the, like, logical problems that are logical objections that people might have, like, oh, it's out of my price range. Um, and I think a Tesla already sells to the emotional need. It's, it's a great looking car. People think it's a luxury car, right? So um, that's, no, not many people are going to argue that, oh, it's an ugly car. Like some people will, but I think that's you know a limited group of people. But there's a lot of people that are going to say, I can't afford it. Right, we we hear that all the time as Tesla owners. Hey, but your car costs one hundred fifty thousand, right? That's like, no, not really. Um, so I, I usually talk to people uh, or try to try to convince them of the the cost savings standpoint, and it gets really complicated. So like, if you if you try to really explain, you know, total cost of ownership to somebody, it can get very vague, and especially when you're talking about it from a standpoint of like, oh, well, in three years you'll have saved money. Um, so I try to you know. Most people finance their car, um, you know, myself included. And when you, when you, and, and so usually when we talk about total cost of ownership, we're talking about, um, you know, like you, if you bought it in cash, you know, when would it sort of pay for itself, you know? And that's like most people, it's really hard to relate to that if you finance the car because most people are looking at it like, what's my cash flow going to look like if that's I get this all, car? That's all they care about. Yeah. Yeah. And so, that's what I usually try to push in that. So I built this calculator to try to simplify that for people. Um, right now, it, it really only works more for like the Canadian audience because all, everything in here is like the Canadian numbers. Um, but it's the same sort of concept. Um, so you, so I, I put some like pre-filled uh, cars here. So you have like a Ford Fusion, a Mercedes C-Class, a BMW 3 Series. Um, these two are sort of in-class cars when comparing to the Model 3. Um, but the Ford Fusion obviously is uh, is not. Real. But, Quick for anyone wondering, it's model three dot money. So you go to that on your web browser and you get access to all this. Yeah. So this, Sorry, so this Aaron. yeah, no, no, I appreciate that. So yeah, so the the um the numbers here, so right now the Mercedes C class, you can kind of scare that uh, the model three is gonna is gonna beat it on its uh, on the monthly payments if you finance it. And if you bought it with cash, it's gonna beat it as well on the total cost of ownership. Um for fusion. Not quite as uh, clear um, cut as the Mercedes C Class, but uh, if you bought it in cash, then the Model Three would would, would make up uh, for it. But the Ford Fusion, but it's still very close, right? Like you're looking at this, you're comparing a Ford Fusion to a Model Three, and you know the monthly cost. Again, these are in, this is in Canadian dollars. <clears throat> um, you know, it's pretty much the same, right? Um, so if somebody is looking at buying, like a, I think it's what is this, a twenty eight thousand dollar vehicle, uh, MSRP, um, and you, you know, or you could buy a model at whatever it is in Canada, it's 55,000 or something, the SR plus, um, you're getting a much nicer vehicle for like the same price, right? So it's almost like a no brainer. If you're going to buy something in this price range, you can afford the model three, right? Um, and you can obviously tweak this. This is based on av like averages. So most people drive 20,000 kilometers a year. This is the actual MSRP price, but you can adjust that as well. Um, you could you could basically put in 
the numbers for your own vehicle that you're looking at buying um, and just ignore the, the numbers up here that are like pre-filled. Um, and, and so I, I found this really, really helpful to sort of show to people, you know, if you're looking at buying car X, like a Ford Fusion, you know, put its numbers in here <coughs> and, you, and you can see, you know, how much more or how much less would it cost you to buy a Model 3 um, from a monthly standpoint. Um, that's, so that's including your, like your cost of gas, your cost of maintenance, your cost of uh, your actual loan payment and the interest on it and everything. Um, that's all being calculated here. So yeah. I, I find this kind of a helpful tool for it is. That. It, it, it's an awesome tool. And, you know, I'm surprised. I'm, maybe I'm, I'm just biased, but I haven't seen anyone else do it. But So I'm surprised no one has done it before you. Um, and, yeah, it's one of those things that people just don't understand. They, they look at the – whether it's sticker shock or not, they just look at the sticker price and they don't take into consideration – those the other factors like you mentioned like gas and maintenance and stuff like that and you really got to for the total cost of ownership you got to take that into consideration and i love what you did with the site uh once again it's model 3 dot money uh anyone i mean anyone watching this probably already owns a model 3 for the very few that that don't and they're still maybe on the fence uh go to that website plug in the numbers like aaron's made it so dead simple that you can edit it's very editable and you can just change the numbers uh, like like he says to uh look at the card and may or compare the card and maybe you're looking at comparing it to that's another use for it the number of yeah. times where i've showed people my car and they're like wow this is really cool but i can't afford this and i literally just pop up his website on the web browser in the car just, yeah in the car <laughs> that's great in uh, the car, true. obviously now it's hard to do it social distancing they have to like stand up at the window <laughs> to look in but you know what i mean they're in like they're there looking at uh, the the amount of money that they can basically save, or the price difference between the car they're looking at versus the Model Three, and they're looking at it on the web browser inside the car. Like you can't get better advertising. No, on that. no you can't. <laughs> no, it's, it's so true, and and that's probably what the the site is more geared to. Uh, and I don't know if that's the whole reason you did it, Aaron, for owners or potential owners. But for potential owners to go to that website and to have it just dumbed down for them, because here here's what I think. I think. Whenever you tell someone that you try to tell them, well, have you considered gas? Have you considered maintenance and stuff? They don't because you know what? I think what's ingrained in everyone's head from from whenever they first started driving, whether it was in their teens or their early 20s to however, however old they are, it's a, a social thing that's ingrained in everyone's head. You buy a car, you have to put X amount away for gas and X amount away for insurance. So they automatically think that that's a given. But when you have when you try to explain to them, wait, take a, take gas out of it because that's not a factor anymore. And then then the next question usually is, well, what about electricity? Because people think it's so expensive for electricity, but it's cheap. Like, you just get hamsters running on a wheel. Yeah, it costs you nothing. You know, yeah. you, you joke, but but really, if if you go the route of solar or some kind of renewable, yeah, then it's it's even <laughs> another level of savings, right? Well, it, and it, it's really amazing, like how many people especially based on their, their, the, the amount they drive, right? Like if you live in a major city area, you're probably living in like a suburb and you may work in the city. So if you're, if your daily commutes, like you know, 80 kilometers, I don't know if that is in miles. Um, but you know, if that's your daily commute, it's almost guaranteed that you're going to save money by getting a model three versus buying, you know, a $30,000 vehicle. Just, just, and, and if you're, if you, you know, like one of our friends, Mark, if he, you know, for, if you're like him and he's, you're driving around all the time for your job, the amount of money you save 
it's it's crazy. You like it can be cheaper than you know buying a used vehicle. Oh, yeah. He said that buying the money a, he saved is like extra money in his pocket each month that he never had before, and that's a like once he covers everything just from the amount he drove before gas and all savings. Yeah. So yeah, it does definitely add up. Like Bucci said in the comments, the more you drive, the more you save. That's exactly so, what I tell I, people. Like, I try to I try to pitch it to like um, like uh, Uber drivers or Lyft drivers or you know taxi drivers because for them, you know, it's a no brainer. Like they're literally upgrading from whatever they have, regardless of what kind of vehicle it is, and they're saving money. Yeah. You know, like one guy I was talking to, he he could save fifteen hundred dollars a month. That's fifteen hundred dollars more per month in his pocket if he got a Model 3. <laughs> so, you know, I was reading an article. I'm sorry, Dax, to throw this on you because he doesn't have it. And I remember where it's from. Uh, they were basically saying that is, is today or yesterday, they said Tesla owners generally drive more. So if you buy a Tesla, you're going to drive way more than before. Um, I guess partly because, you know, you're going to, you're not spending money. It's like you are spending it, but you're not spending as much. So you see those savings. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the reasons why they accounted to driving more. I personally think because you just kind of like love driving again, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. But it, it, you know, an issue, and, and I would I would take it one step further, and we're going to get off this topic and start the actual uh, news <laughs> in a second. But but uh, we'll, we'll let you guys finish off your points. But what I was going to say is like it one step further. It's not even Tesla drivers because before my Model Three, I had another electric car, uh, a Kia Soul EV, and I can tell you, I made the mistake. It worked out in the long run, but I made the mistake originally of leasing that car and I had a limited kilometers or limited mileage and I love driving that car so much and it saved me so much money by, like we were saying earlier, driving that I went over, I while well, I was getting close to going over the allotted mileage that I had it for the three year lease, that I had to, <laughs> I had to actually slow down and drive the gas car just so I didn't go over when I, when I traded it in. Worked out in the long run, I never had to trade it in and I ended up selling it, but, um, but yeah, it's like, and that was an electric car, but I just love driving it. And and when you can drive an electric car, you choose to do it, especially if you're in a family like me where you have one electric car and one gas car. So on weekends, what car are you going to take? Unless you need the gas car, if you have a choice, you're going to take the electric car because it's cheaper. Why, why wouldn't you? It's a no-brainer. Uh, one last thing Mark brings up. He says, is there any external costs like insurance that might differ uh, for Tesla versus other companies in Canada? Uh, my experience for insurance, I actually saved 400, 500 a, a year when I switched from my old car to a Tesla. Yeah. And like it, my it, insurance went down quite a bit. That's so. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. People think that, uh, it's going to be more expensive or some people just don't know. And I actually had this question from, uh, from somebody I was talking to just last week and the way, and once again, insurance is one of those things that it's so, it's so, um, uh, subjective because it, it differs depending on every person and their uh, situation. It depends on their their uh, driving record, Dep depends on where they live. So there's so many different variables for insurance. But it, in a nutshell, what I tell people is, yeah, you pay a little bit more uh, because it's a higher end car and it costs more to um, to uh, repair if if uh, you get, heaven forbid, you get into an accident, but that's the way insurance companies, they, they do, do it, they do it on a risk scale. But it, comes down cheaper because it's a safe vehicle and it like in most insurance companies uh tesla's uh check off in every safety category and gives you every kind of safety discount there is possible so you go up a little bit but then you come down a little bit so it ends up being 
the same amount as a comparable uh, car in its class. Yeah, give or take, depending on yeah. whether you're up or down. Yeah, yeah, it's the best way to explain it. A car to fix is relatively cheap in comparison to fixing a human. So, I mean... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. So true. So true. Well, thanks for that, uh, Aaron. I appreciate you uh, giving us a little uh, insight in, in, in your background with Tesla and stuff like that and how you love it so much that you actually uh, went out and made that uh, website. Thanks for that. Once again, model3.money. Anyone that uh, has to or wants to convince a, a friend or family member or a coworker or something, and they want, and it's not even a matter of convincing, but just to show them the, the light type of thing. You, try, you have that referral code handy. You have your friend who's on the fence. Show Model Three money. There you go. There you there go. You go. Yeah. I got you the whole advertisement video. Yes, and that wraps up another episode of. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yes, we are twenty-four minutes in, and let's start the news. Cybertruck. <laughs> yeah, the, the first one. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Cybertruck Gigafactory and Elon and his tweets uh, this week. This uh, article is brought to us by our friends at Electric. Uh, basically, just talking about Elon was. Just like last week and just like previous weeks, he's been um, pretty prevalent on um, his his social media uh, uh, outlet of choice, which happens to be Twitter, and only Twitter, it seems. And he's talking about this uh, Cybertruck Gigafactory. And uh, some people, if I scroll down here, uh, were asking him about the Gigafactory. And this uh, guy named Alex uh, Bitten was saying, speaking about Austin, because I guess the further up in the in the conversation chain they were talking about uh, Austin uh, is Giga Texas still on the table and Elon like he always does we're, one word answer yes <laughs> and then it continued a little further on and Fred Lambert the the, the person that uh, does the whole electric thing he started asking to, to clarify about the US factories and, and model Y production because um, Fred had asked him months before that sometime last year uh, uh, they got in a conversation about uh, Elon saying how the Model Y uh, for East Coast people would be uh, be in the same factory. It'll be manufactured in the same factory as the Cybertruck if if he could have it his way. So he, he was asking him, yeah, is it going to be um, uh, on the East Coast or is it going to be somewhere central type of thing? And he said uh, it's going to be on the East Coast. Elon re replied and said former. In this case, it's said former. But if you read the whole thing, the whole sentence he's talking about that. So. Uh, and then further down, another person named K10 asked him, uh, Model Y Factory East, or I guess once again, asking him, East Coast still? And uh, Elon said, yeah, it needs to be more than halfway to the East Coast. So it shows that, that Tesla uh, understands that they need to address that little gap of how they are, not a little gap, but it's a big gap, how they're uh, basically right now on the West Coast, and they need to um, save money by putting something either, either central or on the East Coast to... Uh, I guess fill that gap. And that, he said that, all that in eleven words. Yeah, I know, and I I, I turned <laughs> it into like a five minute spiel. <laughs> but but look at it, like articles. Uh, this is just electric, but so many other uh, outlets that wrote articles about it because that's what happens with Tesla, with, especially with Elon, right? He says just a few words, but people just stop that just yes, and you'd see like yeah thousand page articles created about this factory and. So in depth stuff, yes, yes. Yeah. I gotta start tweeting like that. Maybe I'll grow in popularity. Maybe that's my problem. Just gotta start replying yes. Is it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's quiet, Dax. <laughs> no, I'm not saying anything. I was talking that whole thing. Did you guys not? I didn't even notice. Can you guys not see the screen capture? Is it not showing up there? Yeah, we see the former. 
You see it? Okay, it's not showing up on my end. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So. Okay, but on top of that, uh, you, you guys want to comment on on the East Coast part of it while I um, so get the other part ready. Selfishly, I want the next Gigafactory to be as close possible to Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> Just no. so we get deliveries a little quicker. We all do, right? We all do. Um, yeah, because there's definitely a gap. Like all jokes aside, there's definitely a gap, right? And it's not like a super long time. No. Um, for them to send cards here, so mine took three weeks. Yeah, I know. Uh, we we complain, eh? Poor the poor people in in Europe and Australia. They're like probably cursing us right now, thinking, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." So I mean, like I get it, and um, yeah, there, there's definitely a gap, right? And I think just selfish reasons. That's why I want it more east. Uh, but Austin makes a lot of sense. Um, for those who have never been to Austin, it's like another Silicon Valley in the making. It's such, yeah. like, such a large little tech industry that's booming there. Yeah. So to have something like Tesla pop up uh, with a plant, offer jobs, uh, you're going to get a whole bunch of tech people who obviously uh, can probably afford the higher trends, right? So now Tesla's making more money, and uh, it's just like such a good area to have a plant in, uh, just economically, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, other than Austin... If I was to ask you guys, name one other city or town or state, um, and you can go leaning towards the east if you like, where else would you think? Not where do you want it, but where else do you think they would put it? <laughs> Way to word that question. Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, well, they, they did say, so um, I think it was Joplin, Missouri, uh, yes. was, was offering up you know a billion dollars worth of incentives <clears throat> for, t for a Tesla to open up a factory there. Um, so I think that's going to be, you know, a big driving factor. It's starting to get into that, you know, kind of where it, like Amazon had done this, right? Amazon had, you know, said they're going to create another um, headquarters in the U.S. And all these states and cities started, you know, throwing money at Amazon basically for them to set up and shop in their own in their own city or state. Um, and so we're seeing the same thing happening with Tesla, which is, you know, really awesome when it comes to, you know, Tesla being recognized as a viable, you know, company, um, you know, by governments around the U S. Um, so I think that's a, you know, a really good, really good sign, um, as to like, you know, where they're going to set up shop. Uh, I think the incentives are going to play a big role, but at the same time, um, you know, I think Tesla doesn't really like all the paperwork they have to do and stuff. So, you know, if those incentives become, you know, right, things right. that get really long drawn out process, they may, you know, more them, right? Yeah. Well, so Mark and I had the same idea. They should go with Detroit. Detroit, yeah. Take over legacy, out with the old and with the new. <laughs> Just makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, so Detroit. Um, what what would you guys think about Kansas? Wichita, Kansas, anyone? Wichita? Truth, truthfully, the only thing I know about Wichita is uh, not good. So, <laughs> Okay. Well, any of my, our Wichita listeners, uh, I apologize on Franklin's behalf right there. <laughs> uh, the reason I bring up Wichita, and I'm sure it is an awesome place to live in the U.S., um, the reason I bring it up is because Wichita, and this is another article, uh, from electric and this actually came up today uh, it's one of the newest and freshest uh, news uh, they put together a, a little package and a little uh, presentation 
to put towards uh, Tesla. And I won't play the video, but uh, it's brought to you by the Greater Wichita Cybertruck. That's that's the channel, I guess. And they put together a little 30 second or 40 second video. And it was, I, I, like I said, I'm not gonna play for you, but go check it out us on YouTube and just search for for uh, Wichita Cybertruck and you'll see this. It's almost like a retro video, it's like 80s in, in like a eight millimeter style thing, but it's pretty cool. They go through all the stuff that they can offer. Like they have an 800 acre site that they're willing to give up to uh, Tesla. They have two railways nearby, so that's awesome for getting it across the, the country and everywhere because that's important, right? You, like you need either a port or some kind of a rail system. Uh, what else do they have they're talking about? Uh, highway interchanges and stuff like that, just less than two miles away from the site location. Uh, electric uh, substations available on site, uh, plus a bunch of money too. And I, I can't remember exactly the, the money that they were talking about, but... Uh, it sounds like a pretty lucrative thing. Like, like Aaron was saying, Joplin was was pretty uh, enticing. Well, <laughs> Wichita, I think they've just entered the race. But like, like Aaron was saying, uh, incentives is one thing, and that's a big thing. But I think Elon, I forget what article or if it was an interview. I remember hearing him talk about, and he said, yeah. Incentives are good, but there's more to it than just incentives. Uh, he named a bunch of different things, and he said the the. Uh, the workers in in that particular city or town they have to be they have to you know have some kind of a skill and uh wichita was saying that they have a, a very good uh skilled workforce for this kind of stuff so so i don't know okay also i was let me backtrack a little bit the, the event i know that happened there was like not their fault it's just just a news event right uh no, no, no. Um, it was a it was a shooting a number of years ago. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, that, that's what I always remember. Uh, that sticks out to me. But anyway, that's not important. Um, in terms of their offer, uh, it does look enticing, and it's kind of like what we talked about the last few weeks, where you're going to see more and more of these uh, over time that like look even better. Uh, not to say what they're offering isn't great; like it's fantastic. It's just like maybe we'll see someone even up it now, like uh, because they really want Tesla to have their next factory there, right? Yeah, and that's why I was saying like um, even Mark Poston in the chat he's talking about uh, Boulder, Colorado, which is another tech hub for software talent. I think you kind of want it any place where you have uh, that special kill, special skill that you're saying, um, and software talent's like such a big one, right? So you have like these little markets of the uh, software skill popping up. So like realistically, if he did do one in Canada, uh, you're looking at either Vancouver or Montreal. Like I can't see Toronto being uh, a location. It is it is interesting. Like with with Canada, you know, a lot of other manufacturers set up their manufacturing facilities here because cost of living is you know quite a bit lower here oh, yeah. compared to the U.S. When you count factor in the exchange rate and so it would be interesting um, to see, you know, whether he seriously considers it in the future. Um, I'm not sure how much of, you know, getting the cars across the border is a problem. Um, you know, they obviously have a workflow to get the cars into Canada, but I'm not sure if it's, you know, just as easy to get them out of Canada. Um, and you also have to think about, you know, supply chain, where all their product, like all the parts and stuff that come to the cars. So they already have that figured out, getting them to the U.S. Yeah. So I... I don't know if it becomes that much more complicated to get all those parts into Canada. Um, 
but yeah, I think for the for the factory, like it's the incentives are are great, and I'm sure Tesla's going to take advantage of them um, in their selection process. But for sure, they're probably going to look at you know the things that allow them to move quickly first uh, as the primary drivers. So you know things like access to the to a railroad um, that can get them across the get the cars out across the country, and then you know yeah, like as we discussed, like the talent <laughs> having you know the workforce uh, in place and so on. Yeah, that's that's huge. I think at the end of the day, uh, I think Tesla now. I think the the balls in their court. They have all these lucrative offers at their at their disposal. It's just a matter of them picking one. And I think at the end of the day, no matter which one they pick, they're obviously going to piss some people off and and uh, you know make some others happy. But whoever they pick, I think I don't. I mean, money wise, uh, from a financial point of view, I don't think they can lose. I, th I think they'll be they'll be set up pretty good. Uh, it'll just be the other factors like like we just talked. See, about. I imagine too that wherever they do set up, that's going to attract talent to that location, right? True. So they true. can realistically set up anywhere, and people are going to go because it's, it's Tesla. You know, it's Tesla. It's a job opportunity. It's uh, looks good on a resume, whether they're long term, short term, doesn't matter. Like it's a great opportunity for anyone who's interested uh, in Tesla or working there, right? Yeah, and you think these towns and cities don't know that? They, they, that's probably exactly what they're thinking too, right? Okay, there is a difference between made in China and made in Canada, MIC. Okay, <laughs> I'm just going to point that out there. Thank you, Mark, in the chat. <laughs> what are you saying about China? <laughs> um, okay, moving right along. <laughs> Our next topic, uh, once again, uh, at the beginning is a little uh, electric heavy, but uh, we'll get into other uh, outlets in a little bit. But... The, the long wait, I guess, you know what, this one, I want to say the long and awaited uh, and anticipated uh, release of of the um, traffic light and stop sign control, but it wasn't actually as long as some of the others. Like some of the others were, were talked about and teased and stuff like that and were put into betas and early access and stuff like that. And it stood there for weeks and months and stuff like that. But this one, it was just a few weeks ago that, that we saw that it in some early access uh, people's hands and it finally was released last week to the masses 2020.12.6 software update and it brings to to i guess almost every tesla that has a, a hardware sorry not hardware ap2 it brings uh or, yeah ap2 but also hardware three it brings the uh stopping and traffic lights and a stop sign control now I have my, and then we won't go into the whole ins and outs about it because anyone that's listening obviously knows about it and has seen the countless videos all over the place already on how it works and stuff like that. What I want to know from you guys, and I'll tell you my opinion in a little bit, but I want to know from you guys, what do you think of it in its first initial release? We know it's going to get better like anything else. It's, it's, it's in its infancy stage now, but what do you think about it right now? Aaron? So it, it's pretty rudimentary right now. Um, it looks like they've taken, you know, what they already sort of have in place. Like we, we've seen, like we, have, we don't have it in Canada, but we've seen in the U.S., um, you know, the, the war where it can detect a red light coming up and it like will warn you on the screen. Um, so it sounds like they've just now, you know, switched the, you know, flipped the switch to actually take action on that kind of thing yeah. um, when it detects it. Um, and like from what I was reading in that article there that you're sharing, <clears throat> um, and also from the videos that we've seen, you know, it it doesn't 
go, it, it, it does the stopping, but it doesn't, you know, pick back up when the light changes to green. Um, you have to tap on the accelerator to tell it that, you know, the light's changed to green. So it's, it's pretty, like, it's pretty rudimentary, I think, at the moment, but yeah. it's, a, it's a good first step, I think, to start releasing more of those FSD features that work, you know, in the, in the city. It, it, I think it's also interesting because Tesla's always sort of taken the stance that you shouldn't use autopilot on city streets, right? Um, it's only meant for, for major highways or for highways. Yeah. Um, and now they've specifically, you know, released a feature that's, you know, some highways have, you know, traffic lights and stop signs, but, um, you know, the major highways don't. And uh, the fact that they're releasing a feature that's probably more useful in, in cities um, is almost like, I guess, like a, a green stamp on Tesla's part to, um, you know, allow to sort of say like, it's okay, you can use, you know, autopilot on city streets now. So yeah. I think that's interesting. I, I like the word you use, rudimentary. That's a, a good description of it. And uh, when you're talking about the green lights, stopping at green lights, we're going to get back to that in a second, but I want to hear uh, Franklin's take on it. I think it's uh, pretty similar to navigation on autopilot. So we use Nav on autopilot right now, and we see like, wow, it's like, I think it's a lot better than what it used to be. It's still not perfect, uh, but it's like miles better than when it was released in October of. 2019, I believe it was. So, like, in just over a year's time, a year and a half time, uh, it's, yeah, six, uh, six to 18 months. In the last 18 months, it's improved, like, a lot. So, we're looking at uh, this new feature, like, as if we saw navigation on autopilot 18 months ago, where, if you guys remember, it was, like, stock confirmation constantly. That was our only choice. Um, it wasn't always sure of itself. It wouldn't change lanes like as fluid as it would now. Sometimes it'd like swerve back. Oh yeah, I remember that. So if you remember all those uh, situations when navigation on autopilot came out, people were like, "Wow, this is never going to work. This feature is useless. It's uh, no good." And I feel like we're like well, careful. Least... Some people still to this day think it's useless. Go, I hate to interrupt you. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you're right though, and uh, those people would be wrong. I'll say it right now, but. Um, if you look at where it went uh, a year and a half ago to where it is now, it's drastically different. It's drastically improved, right? So I think if you're taking this new feature in its initial release and you're basing it off of that, uh, it'll be incorrect because it's exponential growth, right? Um, Karpathy did a really interesting video about uh, AI and uh, autopilot. Definitely check it out. Um, it went into really good detail about like just stop signs, for example. Uh, he talked about stop signs. It was a 30-minute video. He talked about stop signs for probably like 15 minutes out of the 30. <laughs> like just the different types of stop signs. Yeah. And you don't really think about it until you're actually like presented with all the different stop signs. And it's like, oh, wow, there's this many. Yeah, so if you think I'm saying a new one, I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's not like you have a person holding it up, whether it's up or down makes a difference on a sign, on a fence that's swinging, uh, you know, construction workers, poles, up in the... Like, there's so many different things. And then uh, the big one was if it's blocked by uh, something like trees or whatever it may be. So uh, if you, like, factor in what the car is able to do right now, what's in, a, in its first initial state, it's pretty amazing. And uh, knowing it will only get better, uh, and I think it's going to get better quicker now than when we had uh, navigation on autopilot. Because navigation on autopilot only had like half a million cars to work with. 
uh, now there's over a million cards to work with. So you literally have like double the data entry that you can potentially grab. That's um, so it's mostly if you're if you're driving right now and your car's not like if it's just functioning fine, you don't see anything uh, crazy. You're not sending anything back to Tesla. The biggest ones, uh, from my understanding, is uh, if you see any like flickers on the screen, or remember when the cars used to dance? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So anything like that, that's when Tesla's uh, not confident in what they're seeing, and that's when the data is supposed to get sent back to them. Uh, again, this is all based off the Carpathy uh, video, which makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. It, 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 Carpathy did mention something else in that video, which was interesting. Um, so even if the car is, so like you said, it sends stuff when it's unsure of things, but they said they can also use the fleet to try to optimize and train their algorithm. So if they, if they see, you know, certain things that they want to get, you know, uh, so if they see like a, a stop sign obscured by a tree, they can take that snapshot, describe it, push it out to the fleet and ask the fleet, if you see something similar to this, send it back to us so we can get a, you know, a bunch of variations of, you know, what an obscured stop sign looks like. That's awesome. And I think we're going to see a lot of these things quicker. Um, so everything is tagged manually, but tagging is going to be automated. So once it's automated, they can literally like start pumping out things way quicker and things are going to improve at a much rapid pace. Uh, so we're going to see this feature go from like not the greatest to something like usable in a very short period of time. Oh. So. Uh, like, I've already seen articles, so many articles criticizing it, but I guarantee you those same writers, I mean, they're doing it for clicks, obviously, but the same writers, they're going to use the, like, opposite approach in, like, six months, being like, wow, look how amazing this feature is. You guys got to check this out, right? So yeah. It's true. It's funny. You know what? It, it, and they probably will. Well, my take on it, well, I'll be honest with you. When I first saw it and saw the videos and what people were talking about and maybe because i was had too much expectations and i had my hopes up maybe that's it so maybe it's my own fault but i was a little disappointed with with how you had to uh give it a nudge every single time no matter whether it was r red or green and it came up to an intersection you had to give it a nudge and i saw i saw uh chris from 30 tesla i saw his video which was a really good video if you haven't seen it check it out and i get it i get it it's new but there was a couple uh, places in his video where it was like a double stop sign uh, just a short distance away and it was pretty dangerous if Chris wasn't paying attention ran right through it would have killed him <laughs> if a car was coming the other way it, it was run it was gonna run the stop yeah, sign basically. yeah, and, yeah. And, I, and I get the whole uh, what everyone's gonna say is you gotta pay attention I get it you do even with 18 month old navigate on autopilot right you gotta pay attention so I get all that it's just it was a little disappointing but then I changed my mind again because then I saw I saw the Carpathy uh, uh, video. And speaking of the thirty minute video, it's great. Just like um, uh, Franklin said, watch the whole thing. But if you don't have time, Franklin did a great uh, uh, compromise or, or or compressing of that thirty minute video into like a ten minute video. And if you haven't seen his video yet, check it out because he he does a good editing job and gets you all the good and important stuff in that video and uh but after i saw that video i was like uh, i was a little more excited i'm like okay you know what i could forgive them for what they put out because it's early stages and it's baby steps and i get it right <clears throat> pardon me and it's still a learning curve so i'll give I them think it's a learning curve and unfortunately people aren't going to read that they have to pay attention 
Uh, and sooner or later, we're going to start seeing videos or pictures or whatever it may be, some something in the media of someone who used it and is not using it properly. properly. And we know where it's going to end. It's not going to be the user at fault. It's going to be uh, Tesla at fault just because it's easier to get people to click articles that way on just the way world we live in. And uh, that's just because the feature is new and people aren't going to be like, oh, I have to actually pay attention, right? So uh, I think because of the whole pay attention aspect, I think it's not a bad thing that you have to press the accelerator because now you're not just kind of sitting back and relaxing having the car do all this for you. It's like a, an initial uh, step to get you weaned into the concept. True, true. I hear you. And, you know, like how we were saying that, you know, it stops the green lights and, and Aaron had brought that up earlier. Uh, it's funny you bring that up because cue the Tesla shorts and this are, and, and it's on, on the same vein of what we're talking about. Uh, but if you're watching at home, I'll, I'll let you know this one's brought to you by uh, our friends at Teslarati. But they talk about how the short sellers are having a field day with this new update and how they're talking about how bad it is and how dangerous it is. And I'm going to scroll down here to one of these, uh, you know, I, I apologize right now, folks, if I, in this uh, little discussion here, if I call one of these people idiots, uh, I apologize, but. <laughs> you know, it's about to happen. <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't have to apologize for, for my audience that's listening, but and I just did it. I guess I just called someone. Idiot. But uh, this one guy, where is it? I think it's. Um, uh, this one right here, uh, and I probably should even give him the clicks, and I probably should even give him the notoriety or anything like that. But um, uh, is this the one where? He, yes, um, not even going to go into what his, his Twitter name is and stuff like that. It's just he's an he's a short, he's a well-known short, and he's talking about um, how this um, new feature is downright dangerous and uh, he has a moral obligation uh, to if he sees a tesla on the road to uh, damage it or disable it or uh, sorry um sabotage it it's like are you kidding me like he thinks he, and, and and i get what he's saying and i'm gonna play the devil's advocate for a second here he's saying when you're going up to a green light your car is going to break for you and people behind you aren't going to be expecting you to break and that's a potential um dangerous situation and possibly cause an accident so i see that point but then for him to to stretch it to say that he needs to sabotage and, and he says these cars should be outlawed or what there was a word that he used um basically taken back by by the government they should be uh, i forget what word it was that he used and i don't have it here and you guys can't see it anyways uh because i i clicked on the wrong link but he said basically um that they need to be, uh, it's a dangerous idea and it needs to be um, taken back. I forget, it was another word he used instead of taken back and it's in the article here if you're reading it. But um, anybody's opinion on that was how these shorts are having a field day on the, on this uh, update? I can give you a comparable. Uh, September 30th of 2019, roughly, uh, give or take a week, Smart Summon was released. Uh, there's a ton of articles at the time where they said smart someone's going to cause chaos. I'm actually doing a quick Google search here on the side. Uh, going to cause chaos. It's drawing scrutiny. It's going to destroy parking lots, all sorts of stuff. Like, oh, do you think this is, this is like the worst feature ever released? Uh, interesting enough, I cannot find an accident where like smart someone actually like 
drove into a car. Uh, the accidents that have exist, like have happened, have been when it's been a human person and Tesla kind of like, like, like a, just an accident that would happen in a parking lot. So I guess you can draw a comparison where uh, the shorts at the time then had like a field day with smart summons saying, oh, this is the worst feature ever. <laughs> We're all going to die with Teslas in the parking lot. And then, yeah, it never really transpired. Never but really it, it's funny that you mentioned that because if I remember digging up some articles for, you know, I think I was arguing with another short seller or something at some point <laughs> a long time ago, um, which you should try to avoid doing if at all costs. But yeah. basically, uh, if you go back to like the early 1900s when automobiles were just sort of getting on the road, uh, you know, it was like the horse-drawn carriage, you know, time period where they're now transitioning to these automobiles. Yeah. Um, you, there's the same same articles were written back then about how dangerous these vehicles are that now you can go, you know, 30 kilometers an hour um, or 40 kilometers an hour in these death machines. It's true. Um, like it's, it's hilarious. You, like, I don't have the article in front of me, but you can just look them up. Um, it's literally like almost word for word, the same stuff that's being written today. Yeah. I wonder if they were considered shorts back then. No, I know exactly what you're talking about because it's funny the the guys from now, you know, Zach and Jesse, uh, probably last year, even a year before, did a, a little skit uh, along the same lines of when the horse-drawn carriage was getting um, phased out by, like you said, the Model Ts and the gas cars and everything. And yeah, they they, they did a little skit with, with them sitting on a porch and talking about pros and cons about it. And they're like, so you're going to put high flammable gasoline in this thing and then put it down the road? And then when it needs to re be refueled, you're going to put... Uh, stations on the side of the road with this high flammable thing <laughs> it was funny because you look back on it now and it's like yeah exactly what you're saying Aaron. just an idea for you Aaron. <laughs> just an idea for you Aaron. Yep. you should do uh like horse versus ice versus ev like a website and it's like an article <laughs> that matches all three like yeah, have to cal calculate how much the, the grain feed costs for the horse and so on. Yeah. Okay. No, no, well, no, no. I didn't mean like expense. I mean just articles. So you can post like an article from back then versus the uh, article today. Yeah, I see. All right. So you can see comparison articles um, for different things. That should be kind of cool. It's a good idea. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Moving right along, guys. We're gonna try to speed this up a little bit. Uh, our next article or our next topic brought to us by our friends at Drive Tesla Canada. I told you the. That they would change up a little bit. Tesla has a pay-as-you-go, sorry, a hidden pay-as-you-go FSD subscription plan in the source code. Now we talked we in the last couple of weeks we we've talked about FSD and the future of it and the pricing and stuff like that. And um, if you're not familiar, uh, we all have our stance on it. And um, uh, Franklin has a very good logical stance on it and how it's going to increase and why he he justifies why it should increase. But uh, this, and we're going to get to that. I think um, Franklin has a lot to say about this topic. But <laughs> this was brought to us by our friend Green at, at uh, Green the Only on Twitter, also known as Green. He's an, some kind of genius coder or anything or decoder. Um, he was answering one of the guys at Third Row Podcast or Th Third Row Tesla Podcast. Uh, I'm not going to read your question because it was a little uh, long question, but. His answer at the end of the, at the end of it, he says that there's code for pay as you go subscription plan. It's been there for quite some uh, quite a while, waiting for the eventual time when it'll make sense. I'm sure. So he has found code in there, and like he said, it's been there for quite a while. And I guess 
Tesla's just waiting for the time where they're going to just flip the switch or, and bring it out. It's, so it's good to know that even though we, we've talked about it back and forth from week to week and um, throwing that idea around, it's good to know that they're actually, it's funny to, to think that they're actually talking about it. Or, or they're actually more than talking about it. They talked about it and now they've uh, implemented something and uh, they're just waiting for the right time. Franklin, you, I know you, this is, this is an exciting topic for you. I know. Uh, I love this topic. Yeah, um, you do. What's yeah. your it? So I think uh, subscription makes a lot of sense because as I said in previous weeks, and I'll say it again now, FSD itself, uh, whether you want to use it for RoboTaxi or not, because I saw a lot of people say like, I'm not going to use it for RoboTaxi. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's like saying you're not going to use the passenger seat. So should they <laughs> charge you less because you're never going to use the passenger seat? I mean, it's part of the car, right? So it's part of your package. So the fact FSD can make you, potentially make you 30,000 US a year, which is the number Elon threw out, at 50% usage, plus the other 50% of the time you have the car where you might not necessarily need to own two cars now, you can own one and have it drive you around. Uh, by the way, I'm talking like when full self-driving comes out, complete A to B, no problems. I'm not saying timeline, I'm not saying when it happens, I'm just saying whenever it does happen, okay? just so some some clarity. Uh, the FSC feature itself is not going to be $10,000. I don't even think it's going to be twenty. We're going to be looking at a much higher amount just because it's going to be worth, it's, it's going to be valued very high. And then I saw some people say, hey, it shouldn't be a premium feature. More people should have access to it. And it's like, I understand that perspective, but uh, in life, anything that's uh, premium is normally a cost money, right? So... Uh, for them to have a subscription plan would make a lot of sense because people are saying, well, if you're with what I'm saying is going to happen, it's going to become uh, very expensive. People aren't going to be able to afford full self-driving, which is true. I don't think anyone's going to be owning a car in the future. It's going to be all subscription-based. So for Tesla to go subscription-based model, it's basically going to allow people to uh, be able to afford uh, full self-driving. And yeah, it's like having, as Mark says in the comments here, it's like having a private valet driver, right? Which I imagine wouldn't be cheap if you had one of those, right? So um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's a really good idea because it kind of goes in line with what I'm saying. Uh, FSD is not going to be a cost that an average person is going to be able to afford one day. Um, yeah. Aaron, if you want to pitch in, jump in, what do you think? Disagree? Agree? Well, I kind of I echo your thoughts uh, completely. And I think you know, it, it does like most software, you know, packages out there feature, you know, most thing nowadays, most, most software packages uh, these days are, you know, subscription models. And it makes sense because, you know, you know, you need to continue to develop, you need to bug fix, you need to so on and so on. And, you know, uh, from a, from a subscription model standpoint, you can clearly like justify those costs. Right. Um, whereas like upfront payments, you know, for, if for some reason, you know, FSD gets so expensive or it gets to a point where people aren't, you know, buying it anymore. Tesla still has to maintain it. So I think like the subscription model makes sense on that, from that standpoint. Um, and I think it's a good thing as well, because it'll probably, you know, open, open up the door for, you know, people to try it uh, potentially in the future. Um, you know, if they don't, if they don't open up a trial period for people, um, then at least, you know, you don't have to pay the full price, which might become, you know, extremely, you know, extremely high once, you know, most of the FSD features are out there and people can actually commercialize on it. Um, you know, 
I think it. Uh, I think the subscription model makes sense. Um, yeah. I don't know if you guys saw Mark's comment in there. He said that China already has it enabled. Oh yeah, uh, I've heard that. Oh yeah, I'm reading it right now. Yeah, I didn't know that. That might make sense why it's in the code then. Which would hold, which would put a whole damper on this whole topic. <laughs> well, I think I think the concept's cool too. I don't know what the price is. I'd love to know well, what it is. That's what I, my, I was going to ask you. If you had to guess what a price would be here in North America, I, I don't know what a fair price would be because we don't actually have uh, access to a real full self driving car. Yeah, true, true. Right. So I think uh, like the price right now is superficial. It's not a real price. Uh, that price will definitely change when we have access to a full self driving car. Um, just touching on what Aaron was saying a little, uh, really good example is Adobe. Okay. Uh, no, like Adobe Photoshop. Oh, I think it's Gobi. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Adobe, um, it's a, it's a really good example of software. So Adobe has never been cheap. Like their software suite and packages and stuff. And, uh, over time they realized that they should, they're better off switching to a subscription service. And so instead of charging, you know, seven, eight hundred dollars, nine hundred dollars for one piece of software. Uh, now you can charge ten dollars a month and get well, people into a subscription and or thirty dollars a month, whatever it may be. And I'll add, no, I agree with you on, on where you're going with, with, with that um, comment. But seven or eight hundred dollars, they what they were trying to charge that hardly anyone paid for because that wasn't wasn't a Photoshop one of the most pirated softwares of all time. <laughs> yes, but you got to think that uh, big businesses that had large uh, amount of subscriptions were paying for it. Oh, yeah. So all they did now is basically uh, make less profit on large companies that have like tons of licensing, and but they're now introducing to a huge, big, massive market. So I mean, if you take the same concept with Tesla, it might get to a pr price point where it's too expensive. So Tesla's not going to be making much money except for uh, big businesses that run run private fleets. And now they're able to appeal to uh, the big massive market by offering a subscription service for a fraction of the cost. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think we're going to be able to, at the moment, under know what the actual monthly cost will be eventually when the features yeah. are available, right? But I think it will be in line with the upfront cost. So, you know, if, if, you, if they keep both of them the same, right? If, if they give you the option to buy upfront and they give you the option to do the subscription, I don't know if they'll end up doing that. Maybe it, keeps, it makes things too complicated for them to manage like both of them. Um, but it might be somewhat comparable to whatever, you know, that full price would have been. Um, so if it's like $20,000, then divide the $20,000 by, you know, the number of months that, um, you know, the lifetime of the car would be. And then, you know, add a little bit on top of that yeah. uh, to add the subscription premium. And then that's probably what you're going you're gonna to look at. So you might be able to get an idea of like what that subscription would cost right now by taking the whatever $10,000 costs and you know, dividing it up. Um, so, or maybe you can just look at China. I don't know. <laughs> I, I want to backtrack to one of the comments. I uh, don't know how to pronounce his name. H-C-W Hulon or something. Uh, my apologies. I just can't pronounce your name. Uh, he said, I've heard uh, people said that no one will own a car. There are so many different reasons and uh, reasons why people need cars, including special needs. So um, the whole concept of not owning a car isn't like uh, you're going to like wait around for hours for a car to show up. The whole premise behind it is there. Imagine like Uber, but like Uber uh, on steroids. 
where you have like cars constantly driving around everywhere all the time on demand on demand so you just call a car to you so now you don't have to worry about um maintenance you don't have to worry about really anything and your car just kind of comes to you whenever you need right so there's no real uh like obviously there's disadvantage in terms of like payments because now you're going to continuously pay for a subscription but eventually that's where it's going to be headed uh just based off software costing way too much for yeah. consumers i see what he means though there, there will be some a, a percentage of some people that will uh be holding out and say no i need to own something just you know the type of people that are out there right now already that they they're the type of people that they can't finance anything they don't want to borrow money from me they have to own it they have to say at the end of the day on day one they own it there's those type of people out there, unfortunately, and I'm not criticizing them for that. That's just the type of people they are. And um, so there will be a small percentage of people that probably will buck the whole uh, trend and system. And yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll want to own it, which I get. That'll probably well, be a, a small percentage. But but yeah, I, I had to wrap my head around it when I first heard a couple of years ago that nobody will own a car. You'll just have one whenever you need it. And I, I, I like comparables. Uh, it's just really good to uh, understand how things are moving. Yeah. Uh, so the video game market, which is like a billion dollar market, right? Um, they're moving away from physical copies to digital copies. And a lot of people like owning the physical copy because they're like to own something. And I know this is a bad example because it's like $70 worth of th several thousands. But uh, the whole premise is people like owning physical items that they've paid for uh, versus continuously renting it out. But... And I say, but the video game market's slowly converting over to digital and the people who like owning physical copies, and I'm one of them, by the way, like I have a massive collection of games, uh, doesn't have much of a choice. Like, it's just the way the market's headed. And it's not a bad it, example, buddy. Pardon? It's, I was going to sort of cut you off. I was going to say, it's not a bad example because I, me, myself, I went through that a few months ago when I was buying, uh, researching to buy my son an Xbox and I had to decide, do I buy him the S, the one that just has a hard drive and no no uh, disk drive or no um, like optical drive to put the, the the actual discs in, or do I buy him one where you actually buy the games for like you said fifty or seventy dollars? And I actually researched it online and everything, and I finally went into EV Games and asked uh, one of the people there, what are the pros and cons? And it, they brought up stuff that I wasn't even thinking about, like yeah, if you want to trade the game in. Uh, but then they gave they gave pros and cons for both sides, and I ended up buying the S, the one that doesn't have uh, an, uh, the optical drive. So, and eventually, all, that's that's yeah. all you're gonna have. But like, yeah. you're not gonna have much of a choice. Well, right now, I had to get a monthly subscription for my son to play um, Fortnite, and it's like thirteen dollars a month. And I and what, went, what was the word you said? Starts with an S. Yes, yes, subscription. Exactly. Yeah, right. it's where everyone's going, and you know, and, there, and there's a whole discussion we can get into the whole uh, subscription overload and uh, how people are getting tired already of subscriptions right like if you look at the average person in a household think of how many subscriptions they have already and this is just the average people not like people like you and me where we might have more than the average but the average people have probably three or four subscriptions that they don't and then some some people might have subscriptions that they don't even use anymore like just dormant subscriptions yeah and we, so we were kind of talking about the robo taxi fleet here, and I think it's like I think it's a good thing that Tesla's doing to sort of hedge them against that risk of you know people not owning cars in the future, you know, and and they don't have any competitors in this market, right? You have Lyft and Uber, but they require a driver, so they're always going to be able to undercut 
those those competitors um, with their vehicles if they can you know get the full self driving in place. And so if if the market is going that way, maybe they're the one drive maybe they're the ones driving it that way with the robo taxi fleet. Um, but they're hedging their you know they're, they're hedging that risk by releasing this feature you know by releasing the robo taxi fleet because no other manufacturer right now has the ability to you know you know like if, if people stop owning cars and they start using these you know lyft or uber services and you know tesla's the cheapest of them then the other manufacturers are going to have a really hard time yeah driving that's why uber is so adamant on uh making full self-driving car because they know they're going to go to business sooner or later and I'm not saying like in the next year or something, I'm talking down the line, but they're thinking down the line where if yeah. they don't go into FSD, they're going to lose it, right? Yeah. Um, something else I want to touch on, Andy Warrior mentioned, how will insurance be when robo-taxi becomes reality? Uh, honestly, we don't really know uh, how laws, regulations, or insurance is really going to play a factor until it happens. So, Well, they're, they're already right now with just um, what we have for NAV on autopilot and stuff like that. Insurance, and I know this because uh, I have someone that, that I know that works in the insurance industry. They're having trouble right now just wrapping their head around uh, just the safety features of, of Teslas and these cars and stuff like that, and autopilot and uh, uh, nav on autopilot and stuff like that. They're they're trying to embrace that, and and they're scratching their heads. They're having trouble. So yeah. Not even talking about robo taxi or full self driving. Like try calling your insurance company and asking them if who's at fault if your car gets into an accident in a parking lot yeah. and it's driving around with you not in it. Yeah, so somebody, somebody asked this of Elon at the FSD Investor Day. Yes. Like they asked him, "What happens if the car gets into an accident? You know, while it's you know a robo, like a robo taxi car, right?" And he. I don't like. I don't think this is going to hold true long term. But he said probably Tesla. That's what Elon said, right? Yeah, so. I remember. Yeah, you're right. He did say that. But he, I think he's thinking long term. Once the car is fully in their control by the computer, right now, I, uh, I can probably safely, safely say from a legal standpoint, at least in, in Canada, I can say that uh, if that happens, it's the person driving or operating, and whether you're operating it from a cell phone. Are you operating it from the seat of the, the driver's seat? You're still considered the operator of that car. So you're yeah. going to be at fault. <laughs> uh, I'm going to butcher his name again. Uh, he said he's talking about robo-taxis. And he's saying uh, like um, car seats for kids yeah, as well it. as like wheelchairs and stuff. And it, it's, he raises a good valid point. Like, honestly, I don't know. Um, I would imagine that the robo-taxi isn't going to be just like cars there's going to be like specialized ones for people with special needs who need wheelchairs uh you can probably get one that has a car seater like it shows up the car seater is already uh ready to go so i guess you'd be like toggles inside your app if i had to guess but again i don't know we they haven't addressed this i think their biggest problem right now is getting fsd to actually work and then uh all those other things can come afterwards but i'm sure they thought about it they're a pretty forward-thinking company and yeah um, and and you know all, all these companies that are that are in the race are are forward thinking and they're they're brilliant uh, minds and engineers at work. We can you know what we can devote a whole entire show to this topic and and just keep talking and everything. Uh, but you guys brought up some good points and some good uh, arguments and people in the in the chat uh, watching online. Uh, thanks for your input. You guys have brought up some. This is exactly what I wanted uh, to see. I wanted to see the input from 
the the viewers and and the guests on the panel some some feedback and interaction so this is great like i said i i, I we could do a whole topic on this a whole night but we're going to try to move on uh but are you, you you're happy to at the end of the day franklin you're happy to see possible yeah. service definitely Aaron? yeah yeah okay and, and huge shout out to all the people who are, are interacting uh if you guys yeah. are watching live if you don't have an opportunity uh subscribe to dax and he usually puts them out like half hour early and try to watch them live because uh the interaction is like makes it way more interesting for us um that way it's not just like us three giving opinions it's like other people uh offering opinions of stuff that we didn't really think about at the time so it's, it's great. great it's great yeah. 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 like i really appreciate it and once again my apologies for not being able to pronounce your uh your name but apparently it's a hard name so <laughs> okay <laughs> moving on to our last topic because we have a, a few questions from uh, mark that i want to get to he he took the time and energy to uh, email me some some questions so i want to get to them and see if you guys can answer them i haven't even shown you guys them yet they're they're very interesting thought-provoking questions so our last topic and we, we can just touch on this briefly and get to the questions because we're already over an hour in um is brought to us by our friends at uh, tesla can sorry drive tesla canada and um now this we're going to end off on this topic or this uh conversation as a fun light lighted one because for the most part i think this is a rumor but you never know it could you know it could come true who knows so could tesla be the actually uh first place or the first country to get a batch of the model y seven seaters can they actually because and the reason why we're asking this and uh the guys uh at uh drive tesla kind of even brought this up is because of a tweet and I know anyone can make up a tweet. I'm not saying uh, uh, it's because it's <laughs> it's on the internet. It has to be real, right, guys? I'm not saying that at all. But uh, a guy, one, a user by the name of Handy TSLA or Handy Tesla, I guess, he just said that he got a call from Tesla asking if uh, it would be if he would be ready to take delivery of his uh, uh, seven seater Model Y in Q2. And um, apparently, this guy is from Canada. Um, I think Vancouver. And oh, Vancouver or Oakville, uh, those are the two uh, rumored places that are a bunch of people. What are you laughing at? Oh, uh, uh, okay, never mind. The two rumored places. I thought you meant he's from either Vancouver or Oakville. I'm like, well, that really narrows it down. I know, I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> because in, in, if you read the article, there was a, it wasn't just him. There was a, a handful of other people that said that uh, they got calls from Tesla, from the uh, salespeople saying that uh, that they were trying to confirm their deliveries for, the, for a seven-seater. But the funny thing is, and the way they, the reason they make it a rumor that it could be Canada only right now is because these calls came from Canada. Not no one, no one in the U.S. could verify that they got the same kind of phone calls. So, once again, is it one of those things? Because remember when before the Model Y came out, some people were saying online that they got calls uh, from Oakville or Lawrence about the Model Y. And so the speculation there was even maybe we might get them before the U.S. and that never panned out. So, like I said, this is a, a lighthearted um, rumor, but you never know. Like it, it would be something. I think it would it would tick off a lot of you uh, U.S. <laughs> people waiting for this seven seater that if uh, we got it before you did, would, um, that, would that be a bad thing? I want them to do the same exact thing. But with the Cybertruck, so they get the all-wheel drive. We get the tri-motor. Everyone's happy. <laughs> Everyone's happy. <laughs> Everyone, so, um, on, on the topic of the Model Y, uh, Aaron, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, and uh, Dax alluded to it already, but 
you know, we had these rumors before. We actually had tweets saying that, you know, people in Canada were getting calls for the Model Y deliveries months back before they started delivering and it didn't really pan out, right? So I just, I would, I would put a lot of caution on whether this is true or not. Yeah, yeah. You know, even on, it's funny. I don't, I don't want a seven seater. Uh, eventually I want a Model Y, but not right now, but not even a seven seater. But just for the fact of satisfying the argument and the mystery of whether it's going to be forward facing or rear facing that third row is why I want to see it come sooner than later. I mean, also I want to see anyone who wants this waiting for a seven seater. I want to see them get their car because nothing, nothing worse than waiting. We've all done it. We've all had to wait for our cars, but to, to know that uh, you can finally get your car is, is, is a good thing, but I'm very curious to know the, the difference. We speculated on what, three weeks. Yeah. 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 We we're, all, we're all talking about it. Yeah, so I, I, I just want to see what it looks like, uh, how it functions, more so than yeah. actually caring about. Like, it's great that people are getting it. If that's what they need, that's what they want. Fantastic, great. Yeah. Um, but for me, it, I just want to see what it looks like finally. Um, after all our speculation. Well, um, I don't know. In terms of Canada getting it, truthfully, uh, I don't know. I, I can't. I just can't see it. Like, why would they make it and then ship it that far if they can ship it close and get sales just as quick yeah yeah and and also once again if something's wrong with it it's closer to the factory not that they did that for the model y i know they did that for the model 3 and they didn't really do really for the model y they didn't do the close to the fremont factory in case there was issues i mean it was a smart thing to do when they did with the three but they didn't really do it for the y anyways i just thought you guys uh, would find that a little interesting whether it is true or not i guess only time will tell but uh, that's all the question that's all the uh, topics we have for tonight, uh, and we're a minute 17, an hour and 17. So let's move on to the questions from Mark. Like I said, if you, and I don't think I mentioned it off the top of the, the show, if you have any questions and you can't uh, be on the show, like watching it live or, or leave it in the comments below type of thing, you can email me a question anytime throughout the week at your own leisure, whatever. Uh, the email address is Tesla talks with an S questions also with an S at gmail.com so once again tesla talks questions at gmail.com it's that easy shoot me an email tell me what your question is don't forget to put your name unless you want to re remain anonymous and then you can do that but um shoot me an email and i can guarantee you we will look at getting it on 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 the podcast and answering it just like mark Lindsay did here and mark's in the podcast he's watching us live right now and listening and interacting with us but he took the time and energy to send me Three questions. I don't know if you guys can see the questions on your screen there, guys, but we're going to do one at a time. Um, and it doesn't have to be long. We can, and, and if we don't know the answer, we don't know the answer. We can just move on to the next one. But Mark's first question is, Is do you think the rear-wheel drive Model Y will still be offered? Why do you think it isn't on the Tesla.com uh, website anymore? Uh, yeah, go ahead, Aaron. <laughs> He's, He's, the on the spot. <laughs> He's deep in thought. Yeah. Well, so they, okay, so on the Model Three, I, I would parallel it to the Model Three then. Um, so the rear, the only rear-wheel drive option right now is what the SR Plus, maybe the SR as well. Yeah. Um, is there a comparable SR Plus model on the on the Model Y side? I, I'm not familiar with the options. So. No, the the options are pretty comparable if you take out the rear-wheel drive long-range Model Y. So basically, if they take out this model, they're comparable across the board. Right, but there, is there like an SR Plus comparable Model Y? There uh, will be. 
There will be, yeah. So, so, so we might see it at that point. But then there's also the other side, which is this is an SUV. So maybe you know you want all-wheel drive. So I'm not sure. Well, well, I think I think the argument is that uh, for for one camp is that that are saying no is because it's not on a website. So they're not doing it. And just like the Model 3, they stopped doing it for the Model 3. And then on the other side of the argument, uh, the other guys that say that there will be, it, it will come is because they had it on reveal day and they showed the specs and they showed the stats and when it'll be available. And some people have already put money down on that particular one. So, so it's not even uh, just that they showed it off. Um, there's a huge difference. And it, it will be coming. I'm very strong. Uh, I think strongly about this, mainly because I didn't put in a reservation uh, for a real, real drive, long range Model Y. I put in an order. So, like, I know there's fine print text where they don't have to fulfill the order, but I just don't see them doing that. Uh, you got to imagine they're going to fulfill the order that I placed, and they're going to, because I gave them 3,200 uh, for each order. And they're going to have to fill it eventually, I'd imagine. Or do they upgrade me? But if they upgrade me, then aren't people who paid for all-wheel drive going to be upset? Because if I got the upgrade, but at the same time, I'm going to be upset because I didn't. I don't want to pay more for something I already decided I'd pay less. So it's a tricky situation. At the end of the day, either they cancel and make a lot of people upset, or they end up making it. Because, again, it's not a reservation. It's like an actual uh, So order. this is a crazy thought but do you think they'll software lock the front motor <laughs> oh. uh, that would be cost. you're joking right i, I don't know I'm, I'm, I'm half joking yeah you have to <laughs> who knows like people would say well think about it years ago the, or you think they take a, a a battery pack with 100 kilowatts and software lock that and then we probably got the same chuckles back then right but they did it <laughs> who knows that's what I'm saying. The battery is the most expensive part, and they're doing it on that. Like, <laughs> anyone, anyone know out there what a motor costs? A front motor? Because a front motor is smaller, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they software lock the battery. They're gonna software lock you. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? We're, you're laughing, but you know what? If it actually happens, you will be knocking on Aaron's door saying, "You're a genius, buddy." We're gonna have to replay the clip, right? <laughs> That's a nice thing. This will save eh, Aaron forever, so you get like there we go. credit. Yeah. That's what I said half joking. I'm gonna hold on to that, you know, yeah. potential. Yeah. <laughs> now, why it isn't on the website anymore? What you know? What I think they might. Here's my theory. They may do a little bit of both of what what you're saying, Franklin. Is yeah, you ordered. You didn't reserve. You ordered a rear wheel drive. So they may say, okay, they took it away because they only want to make a limited amount. And once they satisfied the orders and 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 those people, they'll be okay. There's no more available. And you know how Tesla is. They don't give us notice. They just flip a switch from one day to another, right? Like, did they give us notice when the real wheel drive was going away for the three? Mm, yeah, they kind of did. They made it an off-menu item first, and then eventually they just got rid of it completely. So okay. eventually, so you could have just called in to order uh, for they, a long period of time, and then they, they got rid of it. off-site, though. Just, yeah. yeah. So it was off-site, but you can still call, and yeah. then they... Got rid of it altogether. Altogether, okay. So maybe, yeah, maybe they'll do it. Maybe they'll satisfy the the few. Maybe they they realize that there weren't a lot of orders for the rear wheel drive, um, so they took it off the site. They made a commitment to themselves and 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 customers like you that they'll they'll fulfill that. 
like maybe shut down the shut down the uh, production line for for a certain amount of time and retool it just to make the rear wheel drive and throw all those out fulfill those whether it takes a few weeks or a few months and then change it I back like i have the silver model three i'm gonna have the unicorn yeah <laughs> you know what it's funny you were talking about the model the, the silver one earlier at the beginning of the show and i was thinking about it and i never thought about it until we were talking about it every silver model three you see out there is a rear wheel drive yeah yeah it, it can't be anything else you, you know right away what it is. It's not an SR, not a SR Plus. Actually, wait a minute. Could it be a mid-range? Did they stop the color before the mid-range? Hmm. I can't remember. They also had the limited edition. Is that the one you're talking about? I don't know. I'm confused. They had the, they had the, L, the, the lemur one? When they had the whole lemur thing? Lemur? Yeah, they had a limited edition version. They used the whole lemur as their animal. I don't remember that. No idea anyway. what you're talking about. <laughs> you do or don't? It's okay. Never no, mind. I think you got that. Moving on to, to Mark's number two question. Will Tesla partner with um, or bail out any of the legacy automakers like Ford, who's losing billions right now? And what could Tesla learn from their, from them if they did? So I saw an interesting – it's funny he asked this question because I saw uh, a headline or something a few days ago about how um, – it's actually the reverse. So it's, it, it, I think it was like Mercedes Benz or something in Germany was going to basically be paying for this, for the uh, gigafactory there be, because they're, they pay for those offset credits. So the amount of money they're going to pay in offset credits is going to fund the gigafactory. <laughs> like, like, like Z, Z credits type of thing. Yeah. I don't know how, how it works, but basically, yeah, the, wow. they pay the carbon offset credits in Germany. So <laughs> they're paying them to Tesla, right? Or, or however it works. Yeah, that's interesting. I think what Mark was Mark's thinking about now is with the pandemic, pandemic and the shutdown and everything. How these automakers are, yeah, they're they're bleeding bad, and they're and I, I heard from the very beginning when this whole shutdown happened weeks ago that the big three uh, were the most they had the most to lose, like e even even more so than a small startup. I, I guess maybe we can't call Tesla a startup anymore, but a small company like Tesla. I mean, we know the Hondas and the Toyotas. Uh, every will, everyone will hurt, but they'll they'll make it through, right? But but so, uh, Chrysler, Fiat, uh, uh, and um, GMC or GM and Ford, they're they're rumored that they may not uh, weather the storm here. Let's talk about dinosaurs for a second. Why did dinosaurs go extinct? Because they couldn't adapt to their environment. They couldn't adapt to the change of environment. Wasn't um, it a giant asteroid? Can I say that? I mean, the environment <laughs> did change. But the environment rapidly, changed. Right? Yeah, yeah, in, in a second. <laughs> okay, listen, you're ruining what I'm trying to say here. They could what? not adapt. Like it's a fire. <laughs> no, I, I, no I'll, I'll let you go. No, I know I sort of it's to ruin your, your thumb. Basically, what I'm trying to say is if Which you can't adapt to change, and sometimes it's very quick, yes. uh, and sometimes it's very slow, it doesn't like, matter whether it's fast or slow. If you can't adapt to change, like a meteor. Uh, you're not, what's that? Sorry, <laughs> nothing. Man, you guys are just not, nah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with this. I lost my train of thought. Basically, what I'm saying is, is Tesla can learn that. Um, 
And Tesla's very good at it currently, whether that changes in, I don't know, 50 years, 100, whatever, however long. Um, Tesla's very good at adapting to change because they have software updates on their car. I mean, you can't get better than that. Uh, literally, no other car has it, and that's the whole other discussion in itself. But Tesla's very good at change and keeping up with market trends and uh, adapting to what customers want. Um, I still find it shocking. You know, Musk is like the only person who's actively like on Twitter to improve his product. You'd think you'd see more of that. Uh, so I think Tesla, what Tesla can learn is uh, being able to change uh, rapidly enough with things that are happening to stay relevant. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. And, and like I said, sometimes it's very quick change, like uh, an asteroid hitting the earth, and sometimes it's slower change. So you guys are okay go ahead like like ryan says in the comments like evolution <laughs> i mean yeah more or less yeah no no i i i see and all jokes aside we're just ribbing you there no i know exactly what you're saying and um maybe it's which usually is a downfall for tesla being a new company maybe in this case because they're new and they're so malleable and and quick to change that's what will save them whereas these legacy automakers as you call dinosaurs they're stuck in their ways they don't know any other way they or they're stubborn about it and they want to continue doing it that way well i'll take it a step further like tesla's the asteroid right <laughs> so, <laughs> well, buddy, good point. yes so like they're driving the change it is interesting though like when you look at um whether you know some of the auto manufacturers, what they'll how they'll come out of this crisis, like this COVID nineteen crisis, there we had to throw it in the podcast somehow, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, like looking back at the financial crisis in two thousand and eight, um, Ford was a great opportunity to like you know quadruple your money um, because they they were down to like four dollars or something, and then their stock right like a year later was up to sixteen or something, um, and it's kind of similar now, but I'm not sure it's actually going to bounce back. Like I don't know if I don't know if Ford's actually going to bounce back. Um, like they're they're relying on the dealer model, which actually kind of hurts them in this crisis because all the dealers basically have to close their storerooms. How ironic! You, and you have to buy from you know a dealer, and some dealerships are trying to go online, but they're all doing it individually, and it's slow and it's you know it's not like who, who's buying a car online today, really? Yeah, and they're sitting <laughs> and they're sitting on stock that's just killing them every every week. The best part about that, Aaron, is I saw articles talking about how it's like revolutionary that you can buy a car online. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's not here nor there. No, it's just you know, it just goes to show you, it's just how Tesla is, and and uh, Ryan in in the comments are talking about, uh, and we haven't even talked about this, but I because uh, it, it's such he, new news, but the the earnings call, which is going to be tomorrow, and uh, they were there was was it. Franklin, was it you? Somebody sent me just before the show, sent me an article how Tesla, only Tesla in a pandemic could be killing it like they're doing uh, because apparently they got a new a new uh, stock rating or projection or something. You know me in stocks. I don't know stocks. <laughs> it was not me, but it was uh, you okay? no, I can see that though. Like, but but someone in the, in the comments, I think it was Andy who was saying they, uh, Tesla should buy Ford for cheap. But I was thinking, and, and just regard, uh, on, on, the, on Mark's question there, can you imagine if they did buy them, or, or not bail them out, but bought them, 
Would that mean Tesla owns some of Rivian? <laughs> well, right? Rivian, yeah. I think, is still an unproven competitor, right? Until they actually have a factory working and cars coming off of it. Like they've been talking. I've heard about Rivian for years now, and the car it looks nice, but where are they? Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what what Tesla gets from buying any other manufacturer, really. Like, because no. it's, it's not a subscription model. Like other manufacturers don't have a subscription model with their clients. Like you're not buying the clients. Yeah, true. There's a part of this question we haven't covered. Do you think anyone will bail out for it? Like government or someone, something? Oh, you know what? They'll get bailed out. Just like in 08, where they got bailed out then, and here in Canada, they got bailed out and they never had to pay back the money. Or they ended up not paying back the money, which annoyed me to no end, uh, like GM. And then and then GM ended up leaving <laughs> here in, in the GTA. So that's another topic. Uh Let's move on. Uh, ho hopefully we answered that question in a roundabout way, Mark. Let's move on to your last question, which is, will Tesla offer a version of its own app store like Apple for in-car entertainment while parked? Now, this, uh, is, this is up your alley, guys. Uh, the answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, How far up would it be? Elon Musk said, uh, I remember a tweet, he said 5 million cars because that's the number of cars that you need for it to be uh, reasonable. Because you have to build a infrastructure, which costs money. You have to build uh, like security and uh, just like a whole database of stuff, uh, APIs and all sorts of stuff. So this is going to be costly. And then you need developers who are going to develop stuff for the car, which is uh, seems plenty full right now. But would developers develop something for an ecosystem that only had a million potential buyers? So you kind of need people that are going to be able to buy and you need uh, like 5 million of marker basically is what I'm guessing. Uh, they are developing it. I know that for a fact, but I can't comment more about that. And uh, one of their biggest missteps with it is storage in the car. Um, they're going to eventually allow you to plug in a SD or a drive of some sort into the USB port. And that's going to give you extended uh, or more, uh, Hard drive space, basically. So yeah, that's pretty much everything I can comment. You're such a tease. <laughs> <laughs> so Any, frankly, frankly you'll have to talk to me after. Yeah. <laughs> no, you either say it here, Franklin, or you don't say it at all. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not putting you on a spot. I'm just listen. I, I can just tell you uh, truthfully that they are working on it. Yeah, um, yeah. That's that's. I'll tell you that. Okay. Aaron, anything to add to that? I think it'll just be, you know, like, well, as Franklin said, it's going to be the, you need to have a, a strong enough user base that, you know, developers will actually have, you know, a motivation for building the apps. Yeah. But the other part is, you know, and the part that Tesla is concerned about, obviously, and they're having to be very careful developing this is how do you make sure that it doesn't cause problems, like the apps that you install don't cause problems or don't cause security issues. Sandbox, um, yeah. You know, like there's two kind of security issues there. There's one which is like a denial of service security issue where the app is just really slow and really inefficient and it causes your whole interface to like just lock up. And there's the other side, which is, you know, does the app have access to your GPS? Does it have app access to break out of whatever sandbox and, you know, open your frunk remotely? Scary. Did you catch yeah. stuff, you know, like, what's that? Did, did you catch it? Dax called it a sandbox. Yeah, I, mean, I, noticed, like a, no, I was quite impressed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, we'll talk off air because you guys don't give me credit sometimes. No, <laughs> I learn a lot. I learn I a lot from credit. For hire. <laughs> I can give you credit. I don't know how much more credit you can get. So, so Mark, thanks very much for uh, uh, giving us those questions because uh, it's good food for thought and, and it's a good healthy discussion. So thanks for that. It, like I said, guys, anyone has a question, uh, email me to the email I told you about, Questions at gmail.com. Or just leave a comment down below in in a YouTube whatever whatever video, and just let let me know it's for the uh, future podcast or a podcast coming up, and I will uh, definitely get these guys to talk about it. But that wraps up another show because we're at an hour and thirty five minutes plus. Uh, thanks everyone at home that's been watching and listening. Anyone that's uh, listening to this after the fact on the audio podcast, thanks for um, tuning in. Catch us here every week, um, Aaron. You're a special guest tonight. Uh, I'll let you go first. Thanks very much for coming on, by the way. I appreciate yeah, it. No worries. Thank, thanks for inviting me. Uh, it was a blast. Yeah. Where can people uh, find you on the interweb? Uh, here, just on Twitter. That's basically it. <laughs> so right so for the radio listeners, it's at Aaron Brighton. It's my Twitter handle. Yep. Yep. He always uh, good, puts out good tweets. Uh, Franklin, let's not go just do this again this week, okay? Where can, people, where can people – oh, you said just wait? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just wait. One of these weeks, I'm going to superimpose you on my screen. I'm going to set it all up, and there's going to be you talking about your channel, where to find you. Just yes. wait. I'm going to do it. <laughs> where can people find Mother Frunker? Franklin? I'm Frunker on Twitter and then Mother Frunker on the YouTube. Yes. Okay. And That's where can people find I, you? I just, you know, I was going to uh, appease you and, and let you know. People can find me right here on the exact same channel that you're watching or listening to. Uh, but if you're not, if you're listening and you're not watching, you can find me on YouTube under Daxam. Happy Franklin? Anywhere else? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tesla Talks. I think it's Tesla underscore Talks. I can't remember. Just, just search for it. You'll find it. And on Facebook, I, I run uh, various um, Facebook groups. Uh, for Tesla, uh, for the Model Y, the Model 3, the Cybertruck, stuff like that. So you can find me anywhere on social media. I think I even have a, uh Instagram account, which I'm guilty for not using very often. I apologize. But that's where you can find me. Thanks very much, guys, for uh, – Listen, folks listening at home, next week – I know I should have said this at the beginning of the show and not wait for the very last minute. Next week – we have a special guest on the show. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who it is right now, just in case uh, things don't work out. But check it out. Uh, check us out next week because it's going to be a, a very special show and a very special guest. I'll, I'll give you a hint. They've been on, and I, you notice I didn't say he or she. They've been on before, and they were so popular, I'm going to bring them back. Thanks for watching, guys. We will catch you on the next one. Thanks, guys, for uh, helping me out on this one. Take care. Thank you. See you. Bye-bye. See you.